1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTMobile.com. mobilecom
2: Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues.
1: Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TICFM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Connecticut Revenue Services Commissioner Mark Boughton. Good morning to you, sir.
2: Oh, good morning, Aaron. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, you have made the transition to state service after many years as mayor of the city of Danbury. How has it been moving from City Hall to the commissioner's office?
2: Um, you know, it's definitely been different in the sense that um, different missions and different organizations, but I will say that the staff uh, at DRS is outstanding. They're, they're incredibly knowledgeable, and they've made uh, that transition go as smoothly as possible. Um, I, we've got a great mayor now uh, down in Danbury who was our council president for many, many years. So, And I'm still living in Danbury, so I'm always available to answer questions. And the governor has been uh, cognizant of the fact that there may be some overlap as we, as we extricate ourselves, I extricate myself, from some of the danbury centric issues. But in general, I think it's going very smoothly. And uh, I'm very excited to be here. And I'm very thankful uh, to having received this appointment.
1: So a high-profile Republican in Connecticut serving in a Democratic administration. How did that conversation go when when you and Governor Lamont started talking about this position?
2: Well, you know, uh, we had always been friendly for more than a dozen years. Um, And Governor no, well, Lamont is not particularly political um, in the sense that he really just wants to get the state from point A to point B. And I kind of think the same way and thought the same way as as mayor. And so uh, our vision, if you will, it was an alignment. Now, does he agree with me on everything? No. Do I agree with him? No. But we're both fiscal conservatives and we both want what's best for the state. And it's generally usually a disagreement over how to get there, not what it will look like when we're done. So it was an easy fit that way, and our personal relationship was very helpful. Um, definitely, I had to think of a lot to think about. Uh, you know, I understand uh, the implications of that. I'm still a Republican, um, and, uh, you know, in the long run, I knew that, that, you know, there would be a change in my lifestyle, but I wanted to help the state on a statewide basis, and this is the way to do it. Um, it's a great job. And the governor really does not meddle. Uh, He lets us do our jobs. Uh, He expects his high expectations for our performance. But at the end of the day, um, he lets you make your own decisions. And and that was important to me. And and he assured me that that would be the case. And and it really has.
1: All right. So getting down to brass tax, we are about a month away from the tax filing deadline for Connecticut income taxes. And filers got an extension last year because of COVID. Not so this year, though, correct?
2: That's right, our our deadline is still April 15th, although we are watching the uh, Congress closely. If they just opt to extend their filing deadline to July 15th, then we would have to go back and reevaluate that and probably marry up to them. But as we're talking right now, it is uh, April 15th. We've already had people that have filed their taxes already and we're very thankful to do that. One of the great things about Connecticut, and I noticed this when I was, was mayor of Danbury as well, people in Connecticut do pay their taxes nobody likes to pay their taxes. Uh, and so being uh, the uh, highest tax official in the state is kind of uh, an interesting job in that sense. But people understand that they're necessary. They understand that we need them to be able to, to do the things that we need for our great state. And so we're thankful and uh, we certainly encourage people to file. We encourage people to use the online system. It's called My Connect CT, And uh, you can go to our, our webpage and be able to pull it up and do it that way. And, um, uh, we look forward to to hearing from the residents. And of course, we're always here uh, to answer questions. And of course we always uh, look at this in a very compassionate manner.
1: Are there any major filing changes from years past?
2: Not really. No. Um, remember our, uh, income tax, uh, forms, uh, marry up to the federal income tax form. So Because we don't necessarily do deductions, we do do sometimes modifications, but not a deduction. So uh, generally, no, we don't really have any major changes right now. Um, There are some discussions about uh, the PPP loans for businesses that and the loans that went out, the grants that went out in January. We're we're looking to make sure that those will not be taxable. Uh, Right now, they are, but you won't owe those until next year, uh, April fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. So we think we will be able to get that rectified with the federal government and get them to do the right thing.
1: Now you say online is the way to go. And if you use a commercial product to file your federal taxes, of course they will probably happily sell you the product to file your state taxes (laughs) too, but you don't necessarily need that. Do you?
2: No, you don't. You can go through my connect CT and be able to do it that way. And yes, you know, the, the turbo taxes, those commercial products of the world, um, you can buy add-ons uh, to be able to uh, simultaneously file your Connecticut tax also.
1: What are the most common questions you get as head of the state tax department from, from filers? Where where are the common pitfalls that uh, folks might uh, find themselves when they, they file taxes?
2: Well, I have to tell you, you know, the, the biggest headache we had this year, and it was a lot of questions about, was the commuter tax. It's very complicated, but the the bottom line here is that if you live, if you were ordered home, um, say you were working in New York City or in Massachusetts, and you were ordered home by the governors of those respective states, and you had to work from home, um, really, our state law, uh, as of January 1st, said, hey, you got to pay Connecticut, too. You made that money in Connecticut. You now owe income tax to Connecticut. Um, But New York, of course, is saying, well, uh, you still owe us income tax because your your business is in New York. So, uh, we really had faced a prospect of about 110,000 filers out there having to pay double taxes. And many times we think of that as you know the real big wigs, the, the hedge fund guys and gals, and those people. But um, this also you know included the the teacher who may live in Danbury and work in White Plains, or um, live in Ridgefield and work in South Salem. So it wasn't just um, about uh, the uber wealthy uh, not getting a break. It was really about all of the working men and women of Connecticut making sure that they don't get double taxed. So fortunately the legislature acted, the governor signed into law last week, the bill that would allow those people to only pay the New York tax or, or the Massachusetts tax. 2021 is still open though. So I would advise people to uh, definitely start deducting, uh, assuming they're gonna have to pay Connecticut as well. Uh, And then ultimately, there's a court case that, you know, we were involved with where New Hampshire is suing Massachusetts. We're a party to that case uh, as it relates to New York. Um, So eventually, uh, we don't think that New York should be grabbing across the border trying to grab people's income. But we're waiting for the Supreme Court to take that up, and hopefully we'll get a favorable ruling.
1: So time really was of the essence in passing this law because people are indeed filing their 2020 taxes. Do they have to make any changes if if they— you know, reside in Connecticut, worked remotely, but their actual job is in New York or Massachusetts?
2: Well, you know, what we tell people all the time, it's a document, 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 whether it's executive orders that come out of the uh, the governor of that state's office or a mayor who sends you home because maybe there's a spread going on. Um, the more documentation you have, the better. Um, the legislature has yet to act for 2021, but they will. We've had conversations with them already. Um, So you'll get some guidance later in the year that will post saying, here's what you do about this year's income. Um, And again, you know, the state of Connecticut feels strongly that you should not be taxed in two places, but let's understand that New York is really, and Massachusetts, they're really the heavies here. They're the ones that are reaching across the border trying to get at your money. So we're going to fight them legally in court, and we're going to win that case. And eventually, Connecticut will get all of the revenue, and um, we'll have a little bit bigger bump in uh, our statewide collections.
1: In past years, people have been urged to file early if they can to cut down on the chances of being taken advantage of by someone stealing their identity, trying to get their hands on refund money. Is that still the advice this year?
2: Yeah. I mean, earlier the better. Um, some people are waiting to see if the if the federal government uh, puts an extension in. The IRS has told us directly that they do not plan on offering any kind of extension, but that precludes an act of Congress where maybe they will. Um, so some people are waiting for that out, but really, if you can do it, get it done and get it over with. Um, and we certainly appreciate that. Um, the new federal stimulus money that's coming in, that's showing up in your bank account at probably as early as next week, uh, that will be a uh, different uh, situation for you next year. So take one year at a time, but certainly if you can file, uh, we would appreciate it.
1: And if you are due a refund, what is the best way to, to get that refund most efficient in, in terms of getting that money into a bank account?
2: Yeah, we really request that you do a direct deposit. That's the best way to do it versus us writing you a, a check. Some people still opt for that, but um, a direct deposit is easy, fast, uh, and certainly would um, uh, be done quickly. So if people are looking for Uh, The easiest, simplest, safest way to get their money would be to direct deposit.
1: Now, you mentioned stimulus payments, and I know the advice is always talk to a a tax professional if you have questions. (laughs) But generally speaking, the stimulus payments that have been received so far are are not taxable. But if you qualified for unemployment benefits, those generally are, correct? That's
2: correct. Correct, except if you remember, we sent out a round of checks in January um, that came from the federal government. They were stimulus checks for essentially businesses, mostly restaurants. And as of right now, those are taxable. It's federal money uh, that we uh, basically uh, took into our accounts and then we turned around and picked out roughly 2,000 businesses that have been the hardest hit by. Uh, COVID 19, based on their 2019 filings. And those uh, individual businesses did receive checks which are taxable. Now we're trying to get that change, um, but uh, you should plan on for next year uh, having to claim that money uh, on your forms.
1: You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Connecticut Revenue Services Commissioner Mark Boughton. He was nominated by Governor Lamont in December of last year to take the top spot as Connecticut's Tax Commissioner. Now, I know one of the things your agency has been working hard on over the past number of years is making sure there's a level playing field when it comes to the sales tax with brick and mortar stores versus online retailers. How's that going?
2: That's actually worked uh, astoundingly well. And I would say that our online uh, collections are um, through the roof right now in terms of when we look at our daily collections. And so, Um, That's working um, just like uh, previous administrations had thought it would work. Uh, It's solidified and put uh, bricks and mortar businesses on the same plane as um, some of the bigger distributors throughout the country. So it's made them equal um, partners and equal competitors, if you will. So we think that's done the job that it should have done. uh, And we can see that in the returns that are coming in. The marketplace is changing dramatically, though, and, and you can see that uh, out there. And so all, I think, retailers, brick and mortar retailers, are, are having to adjust adjust and amend their uh, practices. But in general, uh, we at least were able to provide a level playing field when it came to taxations.
1: Now, you talked about the, the double taxation legislation that already cleared the, the General Assembly. Do you have anything else on your legislative wish list this year?
2: We do, we got a couple other things that, that, you know, may not be exciting to the to the guy or gal driving around this morning listening, but are really important uh, in how we collect taxes and what the economic future of our state is. And so the governor has uh, been really good at, at involving uh, me in particular in a lot of those discussions um, about, you know, what are we gonna do not just now, but three to five years from now. And so one of the most important things that we're working on is developing the capability to study Uh, analytics within the state to understand where we're collecting taxes, to understand where we're not collecting taxes, and to be able to target those areas and make sure that uh, everybody is paying their liability uh, equally and fairly. What we do see happening is we have something called the tax gap. The tax gap widens each year, and that basically means those are people or businesses or entities that aren't paying their taxes or or, or their full liability. Maybe they're only paying Partial taxes. And so by studying the analytics and developing algorithms, we're going to be able to know where those folks are and get them a, a gentle, friendly reminder letter saying, look, you know, you really owe this money to us and we, you know, you're going to have to file on April 15th. Um, why is that important? It's important because if, if, until we ask for a greater contribution from our residents, we have to be able to look at them and say that we've collected everything that's due us from the current tax code. And we're not sure that that's really happening all the time. So you're gonna see some really smart moves by this agency and I think by, uh, the, uh, 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 by the governor's office and being able to access data, collate data, mine it for the information we need uh, and then be able to target those areas that we haven't been collecting, but we should be collecting. So that's really important. Uh, the other piece is that we're 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 moving to a a much more automated cloud-based system it's called ctax we've started that process Uh, we had phase one rollout last year Uh, the next step will be in september this takes the 40 some odd taxes that we collect right now and moves them completely into the cloud but also makes everything um uh, virtual in terms of filing and things like that so that's all it's exciting stuff for me it may not be that exciting For again, for the person driving around. But what it will mean is that we, if we can help close that gap by being more efficient and understanding what the marketplace is out there and where taxes are assessed and how they're assessed, then that's less taxes that we have to charge everybody. In other words, if 100% of people are paying versus only 60% of the people are paying, understand that we won't need as much. uh, We can spread that burden around and we won't need as much out of your pocket. So Um, That's really been a focus of mine uh, to employ the latest uh, technology, and uh, we have put it in the governor's budget. We're hoping the legislature approves that, and uh, we'll get to work on that, developing that uh, sub-department or sub-unit, if you will, within DRS.
1: One of the ways that the state has chosen to to close budget gaps in the past is to offer tax amnesty programs to to people who who owe back taxes is is that on the agenda this year as well
2: Uh, we are doing we did propose a tax amnesty um it's uh no penalty three percent interest Um, we'll have more information once the legislature formally ratifies that and how that will work that's not for this filing though um, that we won't start that till next November. Um, and basically, um, our, again, our goal is to get people who didn't typically pay or didn't pay the full liability, get them into the system, because once we've been able to uh, get their data, if you will, we're then able to assess them fairly, and then we spread the burden out amongst everybody. So tax amnesty's are about a quick hit, uh, pop in revenue. We'll get that but they're also about being able to make everybody a stakeholder in the state, right? The more people pay into what happens in the state of Connecticut, the more people will be concerned about what happens in the state of Connecticut. And that's, I think, a pathway to better civic engagement and certainly uh, uh, better uh, uh, input into to what goes on in our state.
1: One of the other legislative proposals from your agency relates to motor vehicle registration. So right now with property taxes at the local level, if you owe back property taxes, you're unable to register your, your, your car and do other business at the DMV. And this proposal would also do that when it comes to state income taxes. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, we're very much interested in doing that. Although given COVID-19, we're trying to, you know, uh, go easy uh, in terms of of implementing some of these collection uh, methods knowing that people are, are struggling right now, frankly, and, and we, we recognize that. We wanna be compassionate about that. Long-term though, uh, we will and should be connect, connecting our data system to the motor vehicle system to be able to make sure that you are clear on all of your taxes before you register your motor vehicle. Now, people do that all over the country. California did that, and uh, that resulted in a $900 million boost in revenues in the first year. Uh, We are obviously not as big as California and we wouldn't expect that kind of revenue boost, but would not be unfair to say that we would collect an additional hundred to $125 million. And again, all this money adds up, whether it's an amnesty, whether it's it's improving our collection methodology that adds up to help close that gap that you hear about so much in terms of our state finances. So we think that's a pathway uh, to do that. And it's readily, easily, available to do that, given our new technology we're installing now, as well as the Department of Motor Vehicles.
1: Going back to the the current tax filing schedule, have you noticed many changes as to how people are, are filing? Are, are more people holding off than years past, or is it pretty much right on schedule, what you'd expect at this point in the year? I would say it's it's, it's
2: we're pretty consistent in Connecticut. We are the, you know, we are the land of steady habits and um, people have been sending in their returns and we are grateful for that uh, and understand that we're asking for a contribution from them to keep our state running and, and pay our firefighters and police officers and fund our schools and all that stuff that we do. Um, are there some people that are under significant pressure right now because of COVID-19? Absolutely, we will work with them and we will work with you if you're listening Uh, We don't want to be heavy handed in our collection methods during this this national crisis, if you will. We want to make sure that, um, but we want to make sure that we're able to continue running government. So um, if you can pay, if you can uh, get your return in, we we would appreciate it. Uh, If you have questions or you're struggling, you can call our Priority One Taxpayer Assistance Program. You just go to our website and you can click on it and and we will figure something out for you. But um, people
1: have been pretty good. If people need help filing their taxes, beyond just questions for your agency, where should people go and what should people watch out for in terms of scammers or people who maybe don't have the credentials to really be helping people with taxes?
2: Yeah, I would be really careful about this stuff. And, and certainly if you want, if you're going to use an a accountant, a lo- your local accountant or, or CPA, that's great. And, and we certainly recommend that. Um, but there are people that are out there that represent themselves as tax experts just be careful who you're talking to and who you're giving your personal data to your social security number your your forms that you're giving uh, to folks um, that could uh, end up in a, a loss of your identity which you know we've heard horror stories about what happens to people that do that. Certainly DRS will never call you on the phone uh, and and say that you haven't pay, paid your taxes and give us your you know social security number or anything like that We do that by old-fashioned snail mail, um, if, if there's an issue that we need to speak with you about. Um, but just understand that there are a lot of people, particularly in economic times like this, that that will take advantage of you, and, and be careful about that. And if you have any questions at all, call us. Our number is right on our state website, right on the DRS website, and we will be happy to help work you through that. And there are a, a very good program, the VITA program, which is a, a tax uh, retired tax professionals, and there's one just about every major metropolitan area in Connecticut where they help you do your forms for free. Uh, and the best place to do that would be to, to look up Vita in, in your hometown and see where you can get your taxes done. And they've been a fantastic program. I know in Danbury, I've worked with them for almost 20 years, helping, um, people fill out forms elderly and, and, uh, people that need to struggle with language barriers, uh, being able to get everything done and completed.
1: I know in in recent years, the, the state, Put in the requirement that people who, who file taxes for a living and, and charge for their services have to register with the state. Do you feel the agency has a pretty good handle on how many are out there and, and most of them are, are doing what they, they say they're doing?
2: Um, difficult to say, but generally speaking, um, you know, people are pretty good. We are moving people towards online. If you're a paid preparer, we're asking you that you use our online portal. Um, right now, about 20% of the paid preparers are, are still doing paper filing, um, and our system is secure. It's quicker. You'll get that money dropped in your account right almost within a week or two um, versus having to wait for a check to show up at your uh, house.
1: All right. And in our final minute, uh, do you still have any role in closing Danbury schools or giving tours of the John Oliver sewage treatment plant?
2: Uh, in some ways I do, um, but listen, we're going to be doing some neat stuff here at DRS. So we will be re-implementing, reinstituting live at five. where We'll be interviewing state officials um, and uh, we'll be talking taxes a little bit more than we normally do. And certainly I'm always available, even as a retired mayor, to go out and give you a tour of the John Oliver Memorial sewer
1: plant. He is Mark Boughton, commissioner of the State Department of Revenue Services. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face
2: Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio.